Hey, fuckers. Today is the day the gridiron and despise worldwide brotherhood split is up on all streaming platforms. So do yourself a favor. If you haven't at this point, go stream that record. It's fucking awesome front to back. And later today, make sure to go to the From Within Records Big Cartel or northernunrest.com and go pre-order yourself a copy of the vinyl. It's such an awesome record, and I'm so stoked that it's finally out today. And make sure to follow From Within Records on all social media so you can stay up to date on all the current news. There was some payback news I saw earlier. I saw some MH Chaos stuff floating around. So there's stuff moving all the time. So please uh, go follow them and make sure to stay up to date on everything cool going on. Also, later this summer, July 24th, One Scene Unity Conf Volume 2 is dropping. And it's seriously going to make the summer. I feel like that's going to just be such a highlight for the entire summer. So many awesome bands coming together with exclusive tracks. It's such a cool thing, and I love it. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. On today's episode, a very special episode, I'm a a big fan of Despise. I'm a huge fan of this split. So uh, on yesterday's episode, I tracked down Matt Carl and had to have him on for the gridiron side. And today, we managed to track down Ben Brody and his brother Owen Brody and also real quick I just want to give a big shout out to Ben today is his birthday so happy birthday Ben anybody listening to this go uh, uh, tell him happy birthday hit him up on his Instagram Uh, go message the band or text the band there's a number um, for the split text the band tell uh, Ben happy birthday such an awesome guy but I was so pleased with my last podcast with Ben. This is something that I've been wanting to do again for a really long time. So it was a awesome conversation with Ben and Owen just catching up and being able to talk about Despise and how the split came together and all future stuff for Despise. So it was really fun for me and I hope all of you enjoy this conversation. So please support that worldwide brotherhood split with Gridiron and Despise and strap in and without further ado welcome ben and owen to the show back to the podcast ben and welcome to a newcomer owen how's it going guys chilling we're good we're good thanks um not bad <laughs> pretty good how's it going uh it's, it's going great i'm super excited to uh have ben back on the podcast obviously uh you were on the podcast before and i had asked again and obviously uh, you know things came up uh, certain situations but i'm stoked that we're doing this around the time the split with Gridiron and Despise is coming out. So I thank you, Ben, for willing to come back on the podcast. And I'm stoked to have you, Owen, for the first time. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Yeah. 
Need um, to get the big brains in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's cool. We tried to do it. Uh, we tried to do it beforehand, didn't it? But um, we're a bit different here than to the States and that we're not really meant to be traveling and stuff. But we kind of can now. So Owen's up from London yeah. for the first time in like six months, maybe more. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, nice that, to be together again. Yeah. That's a long time. And um, real quick, for the people listening who may not be familiar with you, Owen, can you give a quick breakdown on um, who you are and what you do? Um, I'm Owen. I'm currently in London at the minute. I'm, I play guitars and despise. So Ben plays the other guitar and... He does most of the writing. Yeah, I do quite a lot of the writing. Me and Ben collab quite hard though. It's quite cool. And on the art and on the guitar stuff too. Yeah. It's good. It's a nice collab. Nice brotherly brotherly bonds going down <laughs> in this band. It's good. Yeah, I, I can only imagine how uh, you know sick it is to to be in the band with your brother and especially one that's, you know, getting recognition worldwide. It's good because if the idea is like total cheeks, then you can say that it it really sucks. <laughs> As opposed to having to try and like beat around the bush. Like if Sean gave me like a really whack idea i would like set him down and maybe like put my arms over his shoulder and be like listen i don't think this is right but if it's owen i can just tell him that it, it yeah, sucks. Straight up sucks like earlier he was like yeah like we yeah. were writing earlier and well when i say we're writing he did it and i just sat and listened to it i don't really do much but no yeah. it's good it's like a lot more like relaxed i think it's cool. It's a good. It's a good means of like just like staying close as like siblings as well. Yeah, because otherwise we've got absolutely nothing in common. Yeah, true. <laughs> I'm joking. No, nah, it's good. It's good. It's good to. It's good to have that thing going on in like sibling relationship. It's cool to like keep close and do stuff creative. Is to get like together. Brings us together. It's nice. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. I. Like uh, I'm the only one from like my immediate family that like moved away from where we grew up. So whenever I go back home for holidays or I'm just random visits, I'm I always feel like such an outsider. So I I think it's so sick <laughs> that you guys are able to you know um have this bond and you know playing this band, but obviously you know grow your relationship as brothers as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like we have an older sister, and you know it's it's a bit. I would say it's harder. Well, yeah, it is. It's more difficult to be like close in it because she is like five years older than me, ten years older than Owen, and mm. she doesn't like. <sighs> but it's it's just geographical as well, like because true she is in London, like with me. So like with me, I'm like really close to my sister because I'm there with her. But like when I'm in Glasgow, like when I'm living here, I'm gonna be living here next year. Like we'll be living in the same city, so we're gonna be close, but. We're yeah, also we're going to be interested in the same shit, so we're going to be like twice as close. Do you know yeah, I mean? like we're always chatting every day about like ideas. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's good, it's good, but yeah, it's difficult when you don't have, I guess, with like with our sister, it's like it's difficult when you. Bro, I think we're boring people about. Like, <laughs> let's not talk about how, like the sibling dynamic. I think people will be like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Let's we talk. About, that we can we can say more exciting stuff than talk about the fam. Okay, uh, I, I'm just curious for um, for you, Owen, uh, yeah. to be able to travel after six months because you know that, that's half a year. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure what the climate was like out there, but I'm the early stages of COVID. It was pretty scary when we were you know seeing these lockdowns happen for the first time. So for you guys to kind of um, go back into it, what was that like for you? Oh, 
it was it's been quite it's been quite difficult in terms of the band and like keeping the band going and stuff yeah i think he means that oh yeah, yeah. oh I'm, I'm so sorry I, I wasn't sure if you were asking me a question or if you yeah, were just yeah, making a statement I mean, yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, no no yeah, just diff- in general it's been difficult because like we've not like been able to obviously like write together so like bouncing ideas back and forth is like being quite hard but like the best ideas that we've had and the best ideas that are like to come is like when we've been able to like hang out together so it's difficult when we're apart and like it's been it has been tough like and also like the seasonal depression is real <laughs> like it's been hard to just you know keep busy when like just there was such a shit show during like christmas here like couldn't do anything like working at home like it's yeah been, it's been real tough but like now like coming out of it a little bit and it's just it's so much easier to like connect with people is better yeah there's like we with a split we asked greta and we asked um tyler if they were interested in doing one and i think in maybe like february or end of january and obviously we haven't actually been a full band for like a while so we had to like we had like maybe like a couple songs there that we maybe don't want to use yet so hmm. we wrote one between asking them and recording the songs that we had. So it was really weird because the way it works is, you know, we would write stuff in a, in a group, sort of like a DAW session, like a Pro Tools session or yeah. whatever, and then see if we like it. And, the, you know, if you want to have input on the song, then you just have to be there. You know, you have to be yeah. in the chat at the time and make some suggestions or whatever. You know, we'll just bounce them out and talk and we'll maybe share this, like the drums get recorded just me and a drummer and then the guitars get recorded in london yeah and so it's really just like it's like it's not really it's like fun because it's like a cool sort of like challenge but also like what that's not um it's not kind of the way i want to do it i want us to be able to hang out and do it because that's it's fun like it's more fun that way like recording guitars in your own house is yeah. not is fun like when we hang out it's like it's we're hanging out and writing tunes we're not it's not like stressful to write or anything we're just hanging out and that's what's so fun about writing in this band i think when we're together it's the way it should be i think that it's just good yeah i I can't imagine what it's like to have to record the you know the guitar tracks and then send them over and then you know wait for them to record their part and then kind of wait to piece it all together instead of just being in that one room and all hearing it together at the same time and be able to vibe off each other's energies yeah totally like when we were recording for the split like i did like a take of like what we were like yeah i did like a take and i sent it to ben he's like that's ass do it again i was like fuck i was just wasting an afternoon on this shit like gotta do it again and it's like if i was together then obviously that wouldn't happen but like you know we had to do you had to deal with what we had and that's what we had but it's like such a trust exercise as well because um we yeah it's like you essentially set this timeline and it's like i know it's like you know it's just it's just fucking hardcore music like you know and we're not like we're not like touring with like hate breed or whatever so we don't have these like deadlines you know it's just we're making music and you know it's yeah. we're, we're getting it over to like from within or whatever we want to get it and like and like on time but like yeah you just have to essentially be like okay cool so we're gonna record this in an afternoon and i hope that it's recorded properly otherwise hmm. we lose another few days like yeah. that kind of sucks but we are up as a full band like next week yeah. we're having a, a practice as a full as a full band for like the first time in ages maybe almost a year <clears throat> um it's been that long. 
Yeah. So that we're going to do a lot of writing. Yeah. That way, well, we can. Okay. Before we get too deep on the split talk, I want to go back and start with uh, demo two because obviously last time I had you mm-hmm. on, uh, th- there's only uh, demo one out. But um, you know, we're happy to have demo one drop in uh, you know the the first half of 2020. And, you know, surprising, uh, we got something, you know, at the end of the year, which is great. So I, I was just curious about, um, you know, how Demo 2 came together and how hard was that to put together? Quite, quite, quite easy, I think, yeah. because one of the songs we had written for the first demo, because the first demo, there was like maybe five or six songs there, and we only did three of them because we thought they were like the better ones. And then we kind of reworked one of them. Mm-hmm. And... Two of them, me and Owen wrote when we were at mum and dad's house. Yeah. yeah. Over lockdown. So I spent some of lockdown at mum and dad's with Owen. Yeah. And we wrote like, those two songs were like maybe like a day and a bit's worth. So like, all, and Sean did some bits. So again, we did that thing where it was like, he would send us videos and then we would like try and be as collaborative as possible, even though it was all remotely, if you get me. Yeah. Um, but we did those two songs in the space of a couple of days and the other song again it's just it was just sitting there so it was quite quick yeah like that other song despise the song despise it's like we wrote that before like big bark like yeah that was like from a catalog of, you, you gotta go closer to the mic and we had like a catalog of songs to like work with and we happened to write two songs also with our parents and we're like actually you know maybe we want to put these onto the second demo too like and some of those songs that we did at our parents' house, well, one of them is on the split with Gridiron. Like, there's yeah. always, like, bits and bobs lying about. Yeah, so they got written at the same time as um, Avail and, and New Element. So, yeah, we're just always writing. It's nice. Yeah, and it's easy, I think, as well. We can't take for granted that we can record and edit stuff. Just in the, like, We don't have to rely on... Uh, a guide to edit this stuff or a guide yeah. to record us because we've got stuff like in in all in all flats we've got them we've got like a studio that's kind of like mostly open all the time so we can kind of like piece together a session like a pro tool session and kind of build it up and then we can send it to bulk from seed and get get stuff mixed that way mm-hmm. so we don't have to be as precious about like the time because only other cost is like maybe a hundred quid yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is maybe like $120, $130 at a time to record the stuff. Yeah. So I, I it's think cheap it's awesome. and it's easy. Yeah, and I, I think it is awesome to be uh, self-sufficient like that, to be able to uh, have that equipment to record your music on your own time instead of, uh, you know, uh, having to book a session and maybe feel some sort of weird pressure and be like, holy shit, like, you yeah. know, we, we paid all this money and we only have this certain amount of time to get mm. it done. And if you guys don't have things like, you know, flushed out 100% or even if you have like a new idea that, that could pop up, you're like, holy shit, like we don't have the time to, you know, try to re- rework this in. But the fact that you guys are uh, doing it on your own time and, you know, on your own, I, I think that's super sick. I don't think I've ever done that. I don't think mm. I've ever recorded uh it's like a like everything with like studio time that's limited with a guy like we've never had to like book in in advance with it well not with any of my bands i don't know about the rest of the guys mm-hmm. definitely with you anyway yeah, <laughs> um yeah. but we've had to like spend three days at some some dude's house and and record all of our songs and if they're not done then you know we're fucked and we've got to sell it more money it's just never been like that like yeah it just doesn't doesn't happen like that with us and i guess that's 
cool but also as like a safety net like i've I've, Mm. (laughs) it's like i don't need to learn my parts until Mm. it comes to the day of playing them that way (laughs) which is a bit shit but no um we never have to do that and i think that's probably why we're able to have like loads of stuff to be honest yeah Okay. And you mentioned, um, you know, uh, you're still working with Anthony Burke. I'm, I'm stoked to see that relationship still going on. So I'm, you know, happy and I, I enjoyed his work. So I, I think he's talented at what he does. So I, I was stoked to see that. Yeah. Um, he is always like, he's so like, he cares so much about it. Yeah. So he won't like half-ass something and give it to you, even if it means it takes like an extra couple of weeks or whatever. He's gonna still like make bare effort, and he is always saying like he was so nice about dis- about like despise when I was fast talking to him about it, and he was like saying he could make it sound like awesome. And he's his mixes are so crazy now. Like com- yeah. if you compare the fast demo to like the split, it's like so nuts and if anything we're like being cheaper with how we're doing it in terms of like recording it's mm-hmm. all down to like him and we always like say he's like the best or whatever and i think like a few people since we've always been like saying he's like well good so and he always like yeah so like i think we're gonna try and record with him at one point like at his actual place yeah Hell one yeah. day <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and i i, I just love seeing um, those relationships that you build early on and you just keep them going because it's always cool to you know look at the credits and just see the same names there and i i know i've said on the podcast before but i just always just like to give people props to you know uh find those relationships and be able to keep them going yeah i mean again i think it becomes very procedural and very kind of clinical if you're like trying to find the cheapest and most appropriate like or the one that's like the nearest geographical proximity or the one like somebody that you don't know to me that's a little bit like it makes a bit less sense because i think it makes it less fun again it's like being able to shoot the shit with buck is part of what's good um about it because he's so hard to get in touch with like he is such a pain in the ass to get in touch with but Mm. if he's doing this then it means I'm guaranteed to speak to him for at least a couple of weeks because mm-hmm. he's walking on this with Yeah, it also means that you can be like super honest with him as well, like how you feel about stuff. Yeah. Like, which is cool. Because if you're like, if you're like doing something um, with a guy you don't know and you're asking him for- You don't know what your time, boundaries are. Like, like, yeah, you don't know what the boundaries are. Like you can't ask, ask him, like we asked for like a few revisions or whatever, but, but it's always a mistake that, that we make. And when we ask him yeah. if he can fix it, and you can't really do that sometimes with people you don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's happened with a couple of bands before where it's been someone that I don't know mm-hmm. to mix it. And because we're like, oh yeah, we need to find the guy that's like the guy for this genre or like whatever. And it just is not fun. It's like talking to a stranger. It's like buying something. It's like not good. Yeah. The one time it did work was doing it with um, Andy Nelson that did the Jesus Peace record. Mm-hmm. He did it for one of our bands and that was proper fun he was well nice but like other than that i've not really found it matt actually no again wyatt that did the gridiron side he's really good he was funny as well yeah great guy he recorded drums he recorded the drums for one of my bands um that uh brezza from simulacra plays in mm-hmm. so he did the drums on his side and then we did everything on our side and we sent it to him and he was he was like super fun so him andy nelson and buck are like the lads yeah and then also like ben you've done some 
stuff for some other bands that we've been in before, like actually doing the mixing yourself. And I hate I, that. Yeah. So I feel like when, you know, with the spies, we also like, we, we like to do a lot of the stuff ourselves, but like, if you have to add like mixing on top of that as well, like, just gonna like end up burning ourselves out. Or yeah, something, some like. of us like some of us like I don't trust someone else to do a good not like yeah. I wouldn't trust someone else to like do the art. I would. I would like some people to do the art, but I wouldn't trust most people to do that. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't because I know that I can get like something yeah. as good as I want almost. And it's myself. more it's like so much more personal and reflective of like who we are and like yeah as individuals as well like, but I, I can't make the mix sound like the way I want it to. Yeah. <laughs> Buck can do an that. extra stress yeah yeah no i i I totally get how that is because i um you know when i started this podcast i had to just learn everything on my own because i i felt like it would be easier to do that versus trying to uh, ask somebody to do these things for me and i I didn't really want to work on anybody else's schedule so i'm like all right let me just try my best and it'll, it'll just be like a growing process so, um, you know, just through the the years and watching YouTube videos and just reading random stuff on Reddit, I've been able to figure out how to do it um, the best of my abilities. And I always uh, listen back to the audio and just try to make sure it's something that I find, you know, pleasurable, like when it comes to the audio quality and, um, you know, on yeah. my end and my guests. And so I'm, uh, you know, uh, and I'm always self-conscious about it, which I don't really like talk about too often. Uh, and especially when I have people like Wyatt on the podcast who like do that stuff like professionally, I'm just like, <laughs> oh man, I hope I, it's like up to par. Cause like I, I've listened to some podcasts where the audio's just shit. And I'm just like, how are they okay with putting this out when I, like, I would never do it in the million years. I'd rather just like scrap it and try to do it again. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I imagine why Wyatt, why so chill. I imagine that he doesn't even give a fuck if it sounds bad or good, just because like that's not what it's about. Like, see if your job, if you were like doing like an audio production podcast and you were like audio, like yeah, like audio pod, and then your shit sounded like ass, I would be like, okay, like what's going on? Mm-hmm. This, but it's not, and you know, it's a it's a, a podcast about hardcore, so you could do it like on yeah. a walkie-talkie, and it would still be chill. True. I, I feel like I the the, the content is important because um, I, I I've brought this up before, but I, I listened to this podcast uh, that Joe Hardcore was on because I'm, I'm such a fan of Joe Hardcore, and um, he, he was like in a bar or like some sort of like, like <laughs> restaurant or something, and it was so fucking noisy. And I, I, I was going to tap out. I was like, I don't think I could do this. But I was like, you know what? Uh, for, for Joe to sit down and do this podcast for it was like an hour, hour and a half or something. I was like, I'm, I'm just going to listen. And it uh, turns out it, um, it was great information. And I was like, and then it kind of yeah, made me realize, like, yeah, even though the audio was pretty bad, um, the content was uh, you know, the information. The conversation was worth putting up with that, uh, you know, uh, lesser audio quality. Yeah. I mean, that's like that's the thing is that's like. <laughs> that's joe in it <laughs> like it wouldn't be the same if it wasn't like that although his podcast that he does he's chilling with an sm7b in his house like doing it all like pro and stuff mm-hmm. but i still think it's so fun when someone does do it in a mm-hmm. bar or like mm-hmm. <laughs> um i held one it was with scott vogel maybe like 10 years ago now and there was like a constant feedback loop every time he spoke so it was just like he would say it and then it would just like repeat like oh. two seconds later <laughs> and i was like I, I didn't care. I was like, this mm-hmm. is like free. Um, it's interesting stuff. Like who cares? Yeah. And one day I, I, I always tell myself, I'm like, all right, um, I, I've gotten to this point with like my skill level. 
uh, one day I'll, I'll sit down and try to figure out, um, you know, ways to increase it so I could uh, improve the audio quality, uh, you know, more than it already is. But, um, you know, th- that's just a, a short term goal that I'll those, uh, those achieve in the future. Limit for sure, because if you're phoning people, they're going to phone you with like headphones in. Um, you know, you know, what's crazy is um, uh, who's like I, I, I did a podcast and this uh, the, the guest had like some like you know professional like headset or whatever and it sounded good but then it uh they died so he just used his stock apple headphones and it sounded way better than his professional headset and i was just like i wish we would have done this from the beginning because you sound 10 (laughs) times better with like the stupid phone like headphones that came with your phone yeah it's weird isn't it and it's like i think that's that's again like Taking this back to the spies or whatever, like we have bets that are recorded on phones and that as well. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it sounds better than something we'd be able to get. It's like sometimes it's just the weird, like there's there's no like one or zero, there's no like absolute in it. So someone can record something and it sounds terrible with their pro ass equipment. Like we we got like a couple of microphones plugged into a computer here. I don't know how we sound. Um, but I think it's probably better than if yeah, I tried to do it like in my room or whatever. Plus, there's a lot of noise outside today, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, your edge audio is like a, a above average in in my Bad. terms. So sick. <laughs> um, but last thing on demo two, uh, I uh, enjoyed the artwork, uh, similar style to the first one, and you guys uh, kept with the the like warm colors. Can you guys uh, talk about um, how that came together? Go for it. Yeah. So. Well, like with demo one, like, so I, I, I go to architecture school, so I use a lot of like 3D modeling software. Um, and there was like one time after work when we were like trying to brainstorm ideas for like Despise and doing demo one, I was like doing some modeling shit and like, you know, it just kind of kept that same style for demo two, like just adventuring with like what I can do as a 3D model. And like me and Ben were like brainstorming before I went back down to London and I was like, oh, maybe I should do like, maybe we should do like an atom or something that sounds pretty cool. And so like, I just like tried to do this atom and like 3D model it and put like this metallic texture on it and then fuck around in Photoshop for a little bit and like end up with something that's actually quite cool. But Ben, me and Ben collabed on that a little bit as well. Like he came up with like most of like the composition and it was just a nice collaborative process. And then obviously with like the background colors, like Ben, you can go and talk about that. Yeah, like the background color. So that's all like actual, like that's not like a Photoshop thingy. So we always like try and make it as tactile media wise. So the the yellow and the oranges and stuff, that's like actual paper from like my work. I hope no one in my work listens to this, but I use the printer a lot at my work. <laughs> like after like maybe like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, I'll be doing my own work, but I'll be like, you know what? It's like, it's despise time. Mm-hmm. And I will print shit out, photocopy stuff and a really cool thing is like xerography and like um, risograph printing and just kind of experimenting with like printed media and like photocopying because I think there's like a degree of authenticity there. That I think a lot of maybe um, special other people from Gen Z try and kind of like go back to to try and find because yeah. it adds like a certain like legitimacy in their eyes. Like for instance, you see all these kids running around with like point and shoot cameras that like we would have 20 years ago mm-hmm. because it, it, there's like a there's like a quality to the image that kind of like it's all, it triggers like a very sort of like quick response to anybody because it's so universal like you see a photo like that you're like oh yeah like that's like me when i was like 10 yeah. years old or like um and i think xerography is the same and that it's 
that printedness has got legitimacy to it. Um, but also sometimes I feel like it's a little bit of a of a cop out because if like if my textures on Photoshop look off, I'm like fuck. Let's just photocopy it and then we can rebuild it with like so I'll maybe export like all the different elements photocopied. Like photocopied. I would never print out the whole image just itself. Like that demo art is like maybe four different bits printed and then comped on top of each other. Yeah. Um, to kind of like experiment with textures. Um, but I'm trying a lot more to do everything on my computer as opposed to having to print and scan and print and scan for the textures. Um, but I think just generally idea wise, it's very similar to the first one. The first one's a Pell, the second one's an Atom. It's the same like execution more or less. Um, the tapes are the same besides the cover and stuff. Um, yeah, just a similar approach, really. Yeah, and it's a cool idea that we haven't really rinsed. We're not very like a we're not like a social media band or or whatever. So it's we can repeat ideas without them growing old. And it's still like an excitement. I don't think we would do the same thing again, but yeah, we would. We took it to the point where we kind of wanted to, more or less. Anyway, yeah. like we made all these posters with the atom on them. And yeah, and then the the Spotify video yeah. as well. Um. So again, we we we're not very good at doing like uh, animation in three D. So Owen's friend Jay, yeah, he does stuff for like Ashniko and he's done loads of cool shit. Yeah. Like he's so yeah, he's talented. gone from doing shit for like Ashniko and like other people to us, <laughs> yeah. and which is very cool. Yeah. Um. Shout out Jay. Shout out Jay. But yeah, we gave him the model file and he animated it. Yeah, it was really nice because, like, obviously, like, I'm really close friends with him as well. Just, like, going back to, like, just working with people that are close to us and, like, being honest with what we want. It's just, like, it's like that with, like, all the work that we do. So Yeah, because we're spending cool. so much, like, I wouldn't say we're spending so much time, but, like, we're, we're working bales. Like, architecture is, yes. I do I do architecture as well. Well, I'm a graphic designer at an architecture place and Owen's uh, architectural assistant. And the hours are just, like, so crazy. Yeah. Um, in the free time that I got, I want to do stuff with Sean, my flatmate, who plays bass and despise. I want to spend time with like Jeb and Andy and Owen. So, if I want to do creative stuff and hang out with my friends, they both have to be this. It has to be like yeah. despise, or, and it feels like some friends can like fall to the wayside or whatever because you're prioritizing practice or you're prioritizing maybe writing some tunes or like staying home and looking at some stuff you want to be inspired by. So to be able to involve friends that aren't, it's like the thing with Bark and it, or like Jay, the, the 3D stuff. It's like a way of being able to connect with friends and the thing that you care a lot about. And it's interesting because I think that even like the last time we did this podcast, a lot of people that I wouldn't say are like strictly like HC people or people that don't know I was in a band or whatever that I know from like whatever like walk of life, they will listen to it and be like, oh, that's so like cool. I didn't know this, I didn't know that. And it's like a cool way of like, talking to people about mm. stuff i guess yeah i i think it's smart to you know try to uh, you know uh, bring all these things just into one spot you know what your, your hobbies and your friends and i'm um, trying to get everybody on onto the same page and just to make it work so um, you don't really have to worry about like you know divvying up your time even though obviously not everybody's going to get on board so you still have to you know make time for other stuff but, but the fact that you can get yeah. like a lot of it together is really smart and saves a lot of time because uh i i definitely know how that is and uh, it, it, <laughs> it always feels like there's not enough time in the day which always sucks. yes oh yeah yeah honestly yeah there's always like something that's fallen behind if i want to do one thing it's at the cost of another thing mm-hmm. which is at the cost of another thing which sucks but as i don't like how it feels to not be busy oh man when i hear people uh, you know post about or when people tell me they're bored 
I'm just like, I don't have that luxury, <laughs> like that luxury to just be bored. I'm just like, there's so much shit that I've just got like running through my mind all day. And, and I just hope and pray that I can get the majority of it done. And if not, shit starts yeah. to pile up. So I'm, I'm just like, yeah, like I, yeah. I, I don't have that luxury to, to be bored. I think it's happened like once in my adult life where I've had like no bands or whatever mm-hmm. uh, or like no stuff to think about or like no gf or whatever and it was so weird i just didn't know what to do i just would go to sean's work he works at a restaurant i would just go to his work and like play my my switch (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know what to do it was like (laughs) separation anxiety i was like okay i need to be like neil my friend and i I, yeah it's, it's, it's not a good feeling it's not a good feeling but it's also like one of them ones where it's like i gotta have that like oh i just wish i'd have a day off oh i just wish i could be bored as a as a like as a distant dream that I'm probably never gonna try and chase properly because mm. it almost motivates me to keep doing my shit. It's like, oh yeah, like if I do all this stuff, then I'll have nothing to do and then I'll be chilling. But that never happens. But it's like just like that thing you tell yourself. It's like a good safety blanket. Yeah, it's like eventually I'll get to the bottom of the list and you know check yeah, off. I don't I don't want to get to the bottom of the list. Okay. Um, but going back to to the cover art, I'm I, I'm really uh, happy to hear that you guys actually put so much work into it, and it wasn't just some yeah. Let me open up Photoshop and create this thing real quick, which isn't like a bad thing. But to hear that you guys, uh, you know, went that extra step to actually you know do some physical stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, that that makes me appreciate it even more. Yeah, yeah, because as uh, we were talking about this before, um, you can mention it later on, but we were talking about how like essentially you can't just pluck something out of thin air if you don't have the the groundwork there. Mm-hmm. So we're always talking about like 3D stuff or like atom stuff or like textures or atmos- like sort of like ways of evoking different sort of like moods and atmospheres and like vibes. Um, so you got to fill up this sort of like, like well of ideas. Like you've got to get all this like input in that you're just like digesting all this like visual information with all these ideas that you'll bring up and then like the time's right, you can just like whip it out and like real quick, but all the work is in the brain first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's got really quick output, but like, yeah, like, like the idea of having the atom is cool. You know, you do one big bit of work, which is you model it in the 3d software or you yeah. sort of like develop the concept visually. And then you have so many different applications for it. So yeah, like I'm saying, we did it on the postal, we did it on this, we did it on the videos. It's like, it's still one idea, but, the output then just sort of like branches and spiders out because we kind of like approached it properly yeah as opposed to being like oh let's do it let's just comp something together in photoshop the concept is unclear us because we just threw it together um and then when we have to try and give it different applications like on a tape or on a, a cd or what it is it becomes borderline like impossible because we have to invent new stuff to try and overcompensate for the lack of ideas and that's when it gets kind of wishy-washy so we're doing like as much as possible with this with this one idea it's like this the uh the lyric sheet for instance we made the lyric sheet i think we kind of like f- didn't fool people but we kind of made people think that we were doing a cd because i did a cd booklet mm-hmm. for the demos really. um and i just used all the stuff from previous like all the models and textures and typefaces from previous demos because the same concept still applies and it's a lot faster to, to throw that stuff together because you've already done the, the kind of cognitive groundwork of trying to understand why this works and why this doesn't work. And then you essentially have this sort of like kit of parts 
they're all they always kind of work well together because you've put the time in to understand why they can all work well and can harmonize well if yeah. you know what i mean no i i 100 know what you mean because yeah um they like you're like familiarized us with like the atoms so when we're seeing it in these different forms it feels so familiar it's like okay yeah we know this is despised we've seen it here here and here so um mm. i i think that is smart that um you guys you know um are using that and I, I do appreciate the Spotify video because I n not every band does it um, which I, I don't know why I, I think it'd be cool if more people did it but when I saw that you guys did it I was like alright this is um, you know uh, makes me posting it on my Instagram like feel a little more special because it's just, it's not just in you know just a still image but there's like this special video playing behind it with the song I, I think that was like you know super awesome yeah. yeah there are a lot of opportunities everywhere to kind of like make the 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 division like pad itself out a bit so yeah like mm -hmm. spotify canvas or like website or like when you send people stuff in the mail like we did this thing with this is kind of interesting actually i want to talk about this because it's cool um mm -hmm. we did uh when we recorded everything we got the mixes back and then we sent out these like postcards right to like people that had bought stuff we, we put these hoodies out and people like emailed us to get them or like DM'd us to get them and people that had bought from like our labels web store, we basically just like printed out that list of addresses and then like stuck all the addresses onto maybe like 250 postcards. Didn't want to do more than that because it was well expensive. And then we printed out a passcode on it and then we sent out like overall like hundreds of postcards to people and obviously some people aren't going to get them because they moved address but like who cares because it's yeah. only like a quid a postcard or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but then they get this postcard that's like a despised postcard and then they have to go on this website and then they have to type this in and then they download it and it's got the atom in the background. It's got like all this shit going on. Um, and all that does is kind of like enriches how... Because at the end of the day, like we're not doing it to be like, yo, we're trying to be like on some shit. We're doing it because, you know, we'll be sitting like fooling around and we'll be like talking about this massive vast despised atom and thinking about how like badass that would look. And like the reason why the video is all like that is because like that's like imagine being like imagine being in the, the nucleus and then you're looking out and you see this mass. And yeah, that's nucleus. that's so cool. Um, that's so badass. And we're trying to find ways to like make that kind of maybe like childish vision sort of like be more yeah. like um relatable yeah. to people. And like, like the canvas, like with the 3D modeling, is like it's crazy as well. Like you can literally create whatever the heck you want. Like <laughs> so it's it's, yeah. it's it's just like a sandbox but yeah. for adults yeah and i appreciate that it's like kind of like maybe invasive if someone gets a postcard of a band that they've bought something from or like from a, a band on a label they bought stuff from maybe a year ago but like I, yeah, yeah <laughs> like yeah. it was fun and people like mm -hmm. ended up like people were like sharing the password on reddit to get on and yeah like we made like people could listen to the demo like well before we actually properly put out on spotify um Again, just to make stuff a little bit more tactile and because we never get to see each other in person that often, these kind of small things like make a bit more um especially now. Yeah. 
I, I like it because uh, I, I feel like, uh, you know, obviously bands are going to do what they want. But uh, like I always say, well, for you guys to, to take that, um, you know, that extra step, uh, which you guys didn't have to, but the fact that you guys want to and to do these, um, you know, other things to, you know, which all, you know, incorporates the music and your guys' vision. I think it's so sick because, uh, you know, not everybody's uh, has received postcards from, you know, bands that they bought before to get, you know, sent to this website to do stuff like that because you know, I, I think that's cool. And then uh, just to kind of, and I feel like you're kind of just building this like community of, uh, and you know, obviously like, you know, fans of Despise, but like, you know, for all these people, cause I'm sure other friends, uh, you know, talked about it. And obviously you just mentioned it was on Reddit. So, um, you know, people are going to be hearing about that and be like, wow, that's so cool. Like, why aren't other bands doing it? And then I'm um, obviously not everybody's going to, you know, uh, do that because it, it takes work and effort to do that kind of stuff. And a lot of people are just lazy. <laughs> and some bands just don't need it. Like, true. I think this one, this is a bit more of like an old school hardcore band, I guess. <laughs> um, it's a little bit more of a geeky hardcore band. Um, but, you know, we do other bands and it just, it wouldn't feel like legit to do something like this. It's just like, because we use this as an avenue to explore modeling and to explore different sort of like visual concepts yeah. from sources that we like. Mm -hmm. um, stuff like this is fun because it makes sense to do it. You know, we've made despise like that. Whereas some bands we would do maybe it wouldn't require that you know sometimes there's a, there's also like a magic in just throwing something on throwing something on Bandcamp. do you know what i mean mm -hmm. we try and do stuff like we try and put stuff on media file and share it that way just because there's a bit more of a permanence to it and i we don't have to make people buy it they can just like on Bandcamp or whatever they can just download it wherever they want in that way as well like if we if we take down the Bandcamp, like mm at least it still exists in a zip file somewhere. Yeah. And again, it's like, it like nods to when you were downloading music from Blogspots 20 years ago or yeah. whatever. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Damn, 20 years. That is a long time. I didn't even think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The internet. Holy shit. It, we haven't doing that for that long. Maybe like 2004 or something. Like Maybe, but that's, that's basically 20 years. Yeah. Are, are, are you guys familiar with um, NFTs? yeah okay because because that's all that's running through my mind right now i'm like all right i'm hearing all this talk about you guys doing all these things i'm like wow is this going to lead to maybe eventually a despise nft <laughs> i think i hate them oh I okay idea past ben and he wants to kick my ass yeah. <laughs> like they're so undemocratic it's like the exclusivity of it all is so like weird i don't know it's like to me that's like trying to regulate the internet in a way that the real world works if you know what i mean like to try and turn art because that's like that's kind of what it is in it it's like trying to like mimic real art and like adding value to like mm -hmm. the digital imagery yeah. it's like that's not democratic i quite like that the internet is not as um sanitized when it comes to like authorship and ownership and yeah. i think that's where it really works well with hardcore is that like you know, we take a lot of stuff, especially with the label, it's like looking at older zines. So like some of the zines that Dwight used to do. Um, I know Kyle Nyland, who does a lot of stuff mm -hmm. with Lumpy and he does like it for just whatever. He's got a zine that a bath, but he also is like a super big zine geek. So he has like a lot of like archived zines um, that he can send my way. But looking at those and it's like the way those are created is through reappropriating reappropriating other people's media and like yeah. comping together your own thing like that's what like that's why hardcore has so many like reps and like all these shared designs like that's so like 
beautiful and like i feel like an edit and like then i work so well because you can just download an image from wherever the fuck yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you make it like something crazy um it's the same way as you find something on a newspaper and you can cut it out and like do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like like hardcore days of yesteryear would do and i think nfts and trying to like ex- make stuff like that exclusive is just so like is too like yeah it's trying to mirror the real world too much Mm. and it's not fun i would never like make a secret thing that only one person could have because the person that (laughs) bought it would probably be such a boner as well (laughs) Uh, i i i get it i i I thought about i'm doing like an nft for like maybe like a special like you know a landmark episode or something but I was just like, yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm, I don't know if anybody would be interested in buying, uh, you know, a Jamer K podcast NFT. But at the same time, like, wow, if if I made one and then it, yeah, I'd be kind of like uncomfortable. With, like, if somebody bought it and if I wasn't a fan of them as a person, I'm like, oh damn, they own like a piece of me. That, that that's kind of weird. Yeah, and it's just like what again? It's like again, when it comes down to like the principle of like what's hardcore and what's not, it's very like you can't let like, someone else define what hardcore is and what hardcore isn't, but to make something so exclusive to other people, I would feel so like whack about. Yeah. Also, I got to pee, but you guys keep talking. Okay. All right. Well, I felt that's where maybe this whole thing could be headed at some point, but I'm glad we got some clarification on that. Owen. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, obviously we like to use our skills. Like I I like to use my skills in like 3d and shit, but Mm -hmm. like, I mean, doing that would like, I don't know. It kind of, yeah. When once Ben started talking about it, I was like, yeah, it kind of does go against like what we, we're trying to do as a band and shit. So, but it is interesting to to use those skills, like like we said with the atom, like you know the the groundwork is there. We've already got like that model. So like, ex- we're basically exporting so many different types of media from it, and it's just like it's such a nice groundwork to work from. It's cool. But maybe NFTs is off <laughs> off limits for Ben. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that um, the website is still up because uh, it's, it's not too often that uh, bands have their own website because uh, most of the time you're just redirected to maybe their social media or they'll have like a link tree, which will eventually send you to their Facebook or to the record labels page. But the fact that you yeah. guys like just straight up have like a website, you know, for the band. I love yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then it's the, cool. Yeah. It, Go ahead. It's cool because like we, we can just like. You know, like say for example, I wanted to show my mates like what the band is or whatever. Like my mates that are not into HC or whatever, it's like, oh, you know, we've got an Instagram or you know, we've got like whatever. But it's like, no, we actually have a website. Like we've got this shit, and you can get all this shit from it. And so like all my friends that are not necessarily into hardcore, like, oh, that's so crazy. That's cool. Like nobody does this. It's cool. And it's like, yeah, it's cool. It's just like trying to think of new ways to just try and engage with other people. You know? No, no, I I, I totally get how that is because um, I, I feel like. Uh, since I started the podcast, I've put like way more attention on the podcast versus like the website that I do have because uh, I, I do have my own website, jamierk.com. Um, and I, I, you know, put the episodes on the website as well as like, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, um, wherever. Um, but then I, I was, I just realized, I'm like, wow, like my website has been lacking like content for, the longest time like let me try to i mean to spruce it up so i've been like you know posting more blogs there recently but it's like honestly just like a turn into like a k-pop blog so if anybody's interested um in uh what i'm listening to or what or what um, you should be listening to go go check out the the blog section on the website Uh, there's some cool shit there 
but um but yeah but, but i just love the fact that you guys have uh the website for the band the the, the music's there the lyrics are there which i think is really important yeah. and then um I, I also like that you guys have uh you know your email there for all your fans slash hate mail uh <laughs> but i'm curious have you guys um, ever gotten any hate mail because i think that'd be funny uh, well uh, not despised directly but the label takes a similar approach to trying to open communication as much as possible with other people mm -hmm. and we got a picture of someone's ass once oh wow and alex from streets uh streets of hate tried to phone us up from the phone um but thankfully um we didn't pick up <laughs> <laughs> I, that that's funny that's crazy, but that's cool. Uh, you know, I, I'm glad at least there's some activity. Like people are actually, you know, putting that address to use. Oh, mate, yeah. Like we, like with the phone that Northern Unrest does, because um, we kind of like bought this phone with the intention of helping promote this split with Grand Island. Like mm -hmm. we posted about the split and then added a phone number, and we we're like, okay, if you want to know more about the split, give us a text or a WhatsApp or whatever. Yeah, like. I was just seeing my friend earlier today and he was like, so if I actually text that, well, well, that's, is that actually going to happen? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And this thing is like, we got like two dozen messages, maybe that two dozen is like, you know, it's exciting for us because we're a small label, but like 24 people looking at your thing and then like actually texting it is like quite cool because, yeah. you know, it's a, again, it's like a lot more, like we got to chat to people that we didn't usually get to chat to yeah. and like, mm -hmm. um, share information and whatnot. And everyone there was like nice. Yeah. Um, but also it's like we can find there's like a good way of like stealing other people's ideas. We're like, oh, what do you want to see? Like what mouse do you want to see? And then they can tell you what they want. And then you can kind of like get on the nose with it. But yeah, I, I can imagine like the like nervousness uh, like on the person like sending the text, but then also like being stoked on getting a response. Because they probably were like, oh, maybe let's see like what happens if I just text this number, you know? Dude, it needs to it needs to come back. And I know that's kind of like I know a lot of old labels back in back in day would and people would leave voice notes for each other. Well, not voice notes, like voicemails for each other. Mm -hmm. um, and that sort of like interconnectivity with people where you can share numbers or call or leave voice notes or swap pictures that way is so much more direct and engaging, I think. Um, because there's a shared interest there. So someone texts you, you know that they're into like, there's a curiosity there and you don't have to try and fight for this person's like, attention or interest yeah so you can have a lot more of a grounded conversation and yeah we do kind of what we try and turn it into as well is just a good conversation yeah um, like i was i was out one one time when i was in london and then like obviously the gridiron the uh despised news like went up and then like my mate spike he like messaged my brother and then uh he messaged me he was like oh you got burned for that's cool like and then we just like started talking about the music and like and then like you know we sparked a conversation about like what's going on in the band and like it's just that level of like yeah yeah it's just like just and talking about it like it, it's it does a lot it's cool yeah and be surprised when people do it from like glasgow that's what like uh, when you look at like i try not to pay attention too much to like the like the metrics and whatnot because i, I tried to do google analytics on the despise website I did it for like two days and then accidentally deleted the code. <laughs> but there was like good hits, but they're all coming from like Amer they're all coming from like America. Okay. And it's slowly growing in the UK and in Glasgow, especially. And I think that's the good thing. I think it's trying to build like a good network of friends and people that you can shoot the shit with on stuff yeah. like hardcore or or, or whatever, um, in your local area because just want to be homies with everyone. 
yeah <laughs> straight up and it's like if these people have an interest in the same stuff as you the odds are like you can like buy heads and learn some stuff from each other but yeah. um it's not hopefully not going to have to be this way like forever in the sense that it only exists in like digital world like when we start putting on gigs and stuff again mm-hmm. i think it's just going to help reinforce that um sort of like interpersonal connection when we actually do have gigs and there's actually a motive for you to go back because you've been speaking to somebody for a couple of weeks online or longer some like some people you know i've only just got to talking to from glasgow that i've not actually got to like see yeah. a, a show or whatever um there's a motive there it's not just you're dreading to go to a show because there's been like months of shit talking and animosity between everybody it's you're you're buzzing to be with your friends and like hear what music they've been making and like since we last spoke there's been like so many new Glasgow bands as well like I know we start we spoke the podcast in like October or September there's like again there's like three four bands cropped up because I think we have such a good communication network and enthusiasm for each other yeah yeah I I think it's really important and awesome that you're uh, taking the stance of being so welcoming and wanting to have that open line of communication because obviously um, you, you know people will probably look at you and, and owen and be like all right cool like those guys are in this band and they might be like a little intimidated or might already have like mm-hmm. a perception of you guys just because you play music and might not feel um you know okay to try to um you know have that dialogue or even start dialogue with you guys yeah. just because like oh like these are, are in a band they might be too cool i'm not that cool or whatever but the <laughs> fact that you guys are so welcoming and want that open line of communication with the people who listen to the music i think is super important and super awesome that you guys oh, are taking that approach well, yeah, it's weird because it's again, it's, it's stuff that you take for granted. I think because I don't think I'm. If, if someone found me intimidating, I'd be really embarrassed by them because I don't think, <laughs> I don't think I'm like maybe not welcoming. It's okay. a, a bit different just because I'm maybe a bit like moody or whatever, and I don't like wanting somebody to be at a show and enjoy themselves and wanting to talk to them is like two different things. Like I want yeah. people to enjoy themselves, but I don't want to have to fucking speak to people sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Um, I just want them to have a good space to be like chilling in. And I don't want to be like the show guy. Like I'm doing this because I enjoy doing it. But if there's a kid that's younger, like there's, there's like a few kids here, like especially girls that want to put on shows or whatever. And one of them like was like sharing a call ride with sean to go with him and to a show like down in leeds or something and she's like oh i, I used to think you were like really intimidating but i'm really glad that we got to spoke got to speak mm. and i was like what the fuck like who thinks sean's intimidating <laughs> i was like and then you realize that if you're 17 years old i heard this like in his mid-20s probably is intimidating yeah you know not in the sense that I mean, so trying to close that gap with people is like really important because then that means that they'll want to put on shows and they'll be encouraged to do that stuff yeah and, and then, then ultimately it, that like kind of gets more people into like hc as well that are like from the outside as well so also it's a win-win yeah yeah it benefits like, everybody like young person's thing and yeah the fact that you know we're not gonna be in our mid-20s doing this and there's not as many young people is sad so yeah trying to make it a bit more young and there is you know there's like johnny from here who's doing a band with owen who's like 19 uh yeah he's 19 yeah and mm-hmm. like that's trying to get that going and having more younger people there interested in making music is is what's up 
Yeah, I, I think there needs to be uh, like a nice balance because if it gets to the point where there's like, you know, so many like old heads, but like, you know, no new kids, it's like, oh shit, like, like, it feels like, you know, time could be running out on this scene. It's like, no, we got to like find kids because um, there's so many people who, you know, would be into the subculture and, you know, who probably belong and probably haven't even discovered it yet at, at you know, that point in their life because they're so young and still trying to figure out, you know, who they are or what they like. So the fact that, yeah. um, you know, uh, I feel like there needs to be a balance. Uh, you know, it is important to, to keep it going because I've, I've said it before and I'll always say it, uh, you know, uh, the younger generation are, are very important when it comes to our scene because they're the people who are going to be here after us. They're the ones who are going to keep it going, uh, you know, when we're gone or and even starting these new bands and just uh, kind of uh, keeping it going because, uh, you know, we all kind of we're all going to hit a point where we're all going to die. So um, it, it just, <laughs> uh, unless, uh, you know, we become cyborgs or um, whatever. But I would love that. Me too. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. So it's, right. it's important. Like we need to, to keep, uh, you know, to, to you know, gather the, the, the new crop and kind of put them on, give them some direction, help them out with whatever they want to do to, to help, you know, just, um, you know, uh, prop up the scene and keep it going. Cause uh, you know, we yeah. can only do so much for so long. Yeah. And I know it there needs to be like a big, like, you know, I think a lot of despise is like about being very approachable as well. Like it, it certainly comes across in like the art as well. I think like we're not trying to be put up this front of being any sort of like tough guy or whatever. Like we like, we know who we are and like, it's just, yeah. yeah it's like creating this yeah i think thing that reflects who we are yeah that's a good point i think we want to be as authentic to our interests as possible yeah and there's a difference between us really enjoying bands like terror rav or like scary bands scary bands like you know you know we'll love current of thorns or whatever but we're not gonna pretend to be crown of thorns in that sort of sense like yeah. mm-hmm. they are cool and special for a reason we are cool and special for a reason i think i'm not saying that we're like crown of thorns because they're definitely like the best but i mean like we're not trying to emulate and like cosplay something yeah i think we're very authentic to what our interests are which is really important and i think that's the kind of i think that's what's really cool about hardcore as well it's like everything everything feels really like authentic certainly back in like the 90s and stuff so like trying to keep that going. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like not trying to cosplay as what's cool. I think it's very cool um, to try and like show that you are like the hard side of hardcore or whatever. Sometimes people and it's kind of alienating, especially in Glasgow, because so many um, of the younger people are actually girls themselves. Like, and I don't think they particularly care about looking hard or looking cool. It's yeah. just like. Thing is, thing is, if you're hard or whatever, and that's in hardcore, thing of well, of course, like you know, that's that's your thing. But if you're not hard and you're trying to be hard and trying to be intimidating, it's a bit like there's no need. Like I think we're happy being a bit more geeky or whatever. Yeah. Um, but also to communicate that you can kind of it's what you make it. Yeah. So if you are like a 17 year old, 18 year old girl, and you want to put on shows, that's fine. You don't have to be a dude in his twenties, um, and if you want to make music, however way you want to make it, that's also fine. Like, yeah. it doesn't always have to be, you know, heavy metallic chromax side of hardcore. Like, you can do other other stuff. And then Glasgow's quite guilty of that. We have a lot of like, um, harder sounding bands, like more metallic, more like hardcore if like only the chromax existed, and then everything that you know succeeded them mm-hmm. existed. Um, definitely less on the punky side. And I think that's like, that attracts a certain person. 
sometimes but it doesn't have to that's what i think it's just trying to cultivate that sort of like message of you're allowed to kind of just do what do whatever and it doesn't have to be like a soft play like come and get your photo taken you get a standing ovation every time you show up because <laughs> people are like oh yeah it's meant to be like i don't care about being spoken to or seen or i don't think that's Same. what people should want it's less about being seen and it's more about having an avenue to um have your free expression and it's like something yeah people are still going to not like you if you like hardcore and that's fine but what you're going to have over so many other people that that ain't in hardcore is that you have a very cool sandbox to to do shit with like can you imagine trying to do like a zine or trying to make music to people if you don't have that like interconnectivity with others and yeah like, dude trust me yeah. i i am i i haven't done this in a while but uh trying to reach out to people outside of our subculture to come onto this podcast it's been like slim to none like i've reached out to like some like you know uh some local like disney celebrities some local chefs and nobody gives a fuck people think i'm weird for doing this so when, when i look back and like you know 90 like eight percent of the guests of the podcast are from the hardcore community i'm like okay I, that's you know it speaks volumes <laughs> i'm like this is fucking cool right people aren't I'm um, you know, thinking I'm like that weird or you know strange for, for doing this. Is that if you did a podcast with a chef that was local to your area or with somebody that was like well Disneyed up, people in Hardcore would probably there'll be a lot of people in Hardcore that would give that their time. Yeah, 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 and that's why like I I I'm, I like legit try to just have on people um, who I think are interesting or people that I'm like a legit fan of. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't have like a certain type of like, you know, like I was actually, um, I got pitched a guest recently and they're like, Oh, like, we're not sure if this fits your brand. And I'm like, my brand, I'm like, what? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> like, I don't have a brand. Like the people that I have on my podcast are people that, like I said, are, I think are doing cool shit or people that I'm a fan of or people that I'm just legit friends with. Like, I'm not doing this to, you know, to try to, you know, market some sort of strategy that I'm this type of person. It's like, no, these are like people that I like and I want to have on. And I think that, um, you know, I can have an interesting, um, interesting conversation with. Yeah, it's about, you know, doing things to be seen and trying to be seen or doing things out of the love of it and trying to share connections with people. You know, yeah. one of them shuts people off and the other one encourages people to talk and have discussion and doing stuff to just be seen is not encouraging. Yeah. You're also going to end up doing something that's so much more diluted versus something that you're actually like have a love for or whatever. hundred percent. Yeah. And Cause I interests aren't that lineal. Do you know what I mean? One day you really love, you know, <laughs> it's like on the split one day we really fucking love statecraft. And the next day, we really fucking love something else. Yeah. And if we were like, no, Statecraft isn't like NYHC enough, yeah, we yeah, just yeah. did it, and it was more fun that way. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of times when people aren't being genuine, it's like it's really easy to see through. Oh yeah, yeah 100%. But sometimes people don't know what's genuine to themselves and what isn't, and I think that's part of finding yourself. So if you're in mm -hmm. hardcore and I'm, who am I to say that someone's not being genuine because they just might not know what it is that makes them tick yet. And if they just come for a few months and leave, like why would I want someone to stay if that's not them? Yeah. People are allowed to explore themselves. Like, mm -hmm. but I know what you mean. Like, I think definitely I've made music that's maybe not genuine, but I just didn't know it. Yeah. Well, even like when we've like written songs that maybe is not necessarily genuine or like a different kind of avenue, like, 
we'll write it maybe and then we'll be like actually maybe they, this is not it like we're not doing this for the right reasons or whatever yeah but you got to get that stuff out in the like, yeah, you yeah, yeah. You you because yeah, otherwise it just sits in your brain yeah little, exactly little you got to test you always yeah. got to test so we have like maybe five six songs that we would probably never put out mm-hmm. um in fact no that's not true we will decided we're gonna make a thing called d-sides which is like <laughs> the b-sides but it's default is by. So the D sides are like all the tunes that just, they ain't going to make the cut. They may not be hits, but again, it's all about trying to just be more transparent with like the creative process. So we'll put yeah. out songs maybe that aren't, you know, LP or seven inch worthy. As you know, it's not, they're not good enough to get cut on a record, but they're good enough to share as a media file link on the website. Yeah, but then also somebody might like seek something like really cool that they might like out of those songs. And then that's just us like connecting again and like doing yes. stuff for the people that listen to Despise, like, I guess. How are you going to feel if the D sides becomes a hit and then these songs that weren't good enough to make the <laughs> LP in your eyes is just like we actually, quit. you know, the, the shit that people love. That would be, that, that, and again, that would be so funny because yeah, what so- you're, image of what your band is and what you tried to set out mm-hmm. isn't entirely parallel to the way yeah, it actually yeah, yeah. is perceived totally yeah because once you put it out there it's like yeah like obviously the band will perceive it one way but it's actually up to the fans to kind of decide like if it's actually going to you know be a hit or not you know yeah and that's the thing and it's like it's a lot more responsive to have more output and a lot of people want to hoard the output and it's like there's this discourse right now about like oh spotify needs to pay their artists and like how the hell we went it's like if you saw how music was made in the 70s like can't start making like so much music like music was not disposable but yeah music was a lot more disposable back then you know people were cutting records like there was no fucking tomorrow and i think that like having a lot of output is a lot more responsive to the people that listen to it because if people do absolutely if you could spend a whole six months working on a record and it's ass but you just don't know it and people don't resonate with that well but if you're just like putting stuff out all the time yeah like you putting can, feelers out there putting feelers out there and just like what's the point in like recording music for 12 months if, yeah. you, if you don't have to i don't know it's like, because if, if you think it's going to get less likes it's like, yeah, maybe we'll put out some MP3s and some people think whatever and nobody downloads them. Like, it's humbling. <laughs> like, I don't have to just like not put stuff out for fear of it not getting as many like likes or whatever. Okay, so I've been wanting to ask you finally about the split that you guys have coming out with Gridiron. Um, where did the idea to do the split come first? Uh, did you guys get approached or did you guys approach them? We... Sean and I know Tyler that drums Molly. Mm-hmm. Um, he is really sweet, and we wanted to maybe just find a way of doing some more wise music without having to make another demo or like, having yeah a little ha- bitty, bitty yeah music. like we wanted to maybe yeah cut something to seven inch. We haven't cut a record yet. We're on the one scene comp, but we haven't like done our own thing. Um, and we like, we like Red Iron. They're cool. Like I didn't know any of the other guys and it was, it's been so fun to get to know them, but yeah, we just took a stab in the dark. I think Sean was a bit like, Oh, what if they say no or whatever, but it's okay to ask. And we asked like a ton of bands and then like pick one that was badass. We just (laughs) asked these guys and they said yes. And it was cool. 
That's awesome. That's that's so sick. And uh, yeah, Tyler's a great guy. I love uh, Matt Carl. Um, those are the only two guys that I know in the band. I'm not familiar with, with, with the other members, but I'm so stoked that this split is happening because I, I love both bands. Yeah. I you know can't stop losing the gridiron. Uh, you know I love despise. So I and um Sick. like like for if I'm looking at it like you know you, you, both bands separately, I would have never had the idea to put you guys together for a split. But the fact that um, you know uh, it's happening, I'm like this is this is something that I didn't know that I needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have like a different sound, um, and but because you know that their stuff came out on streets of hate their first tape mm-hmm. and then it got cut on record with triple b um so there's a very like similar circle in terms of who's picking their stuff out or like who's listening and who's participating you know the whole like one scene thing um so it makes sense in that way and i think good splits where there is something a little bit different you know we're not we're not gridiron junior you know we're maybe a little bit more punky sounding than gridiron i think um so it's like two sides of the same coin you know what i mean it's like different sounds but you know the 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 vibe is still there and yeah, they'll very... complement each other really well the songs as well i think yeah like the well top and the gridiron side is going to be like such a hit yeah like it's so funny it's, it's like so crazy um it's such a it's going to be such a hit and yeah it's so lucky to be able to like do something with them and it's, it's nice because obviously they, they are like the they're such a big attraction i think it's nice to have people that will maybe find out about us from that yeah mm-hmm. and if they only listen to the to the great down split and then oh, the great downside then that's chill but, <laughs> um it's nice to just again i now get to speak to carl and yeah stuff like that's what makes it sick I'm curious uh, when I'm looking at the track listing uh, on the from within Instagram, it, it says you know, Gridiron has three tracks on it, and um, you guys only have two. What, what, was there um, a, a chance that you guys could have maybe uh, kept it even? We were gonna do a, one song and a cover, like that was the thing, mm-hmm. and then they were like, "Oh, actually, we wrote two originals." Um, but like, wait, we didn't know it was gonna be three tracks from Gridiron, but like. All I'm saying is like, wait, <laughs> Okay. you gotta, you gotta wait a few more days to find out why they got three tracks. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> just, just a couple yeah. more days. All right. No, for sure. No, I, I, I appreciate that. And, um, uh, I, I'm, you know, the, the, the pressing info with, uh, the different colorways of the vinyl, uh, the Northern unrest exclusive colorway. I'm curious, uh, did you guys choose the, uh, golden black split? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. Carter and ourselves, because Northern Unrest is basically despised mm-hmm. at this point. You know, I think um, we liaise quite a lot because I think we're quite a similar age in terms of um, what we label age or whatever. So we can bounce ideas off of each other. And we were speaking about what it was going to be, whether it's going to be a 12 inch or a 7 inch or what this is going to be like or that's going to be like. So we got to spitball about what the colors would be. Yeah. So we got to choose that um, half and half thingy. That's, yeah. which was nice. And we got our own, we got our own like little, you know, the little sticker in the middle, the round thingy. Like we got like the Northern Unres Lion on our copies, which oh, is sick. Hell yeah. That's a nice little touch. And I, I love the fact that the, um, 
it's uh you know not just uh like i think having like obviously you know uh, just a normal black vinyl is cool but the fact that you know for, for this split it feels a little special because if you look at the different colorways it, there's no just plain black you got the you know the, the gold golden black splatter the northern arrest exclusive the golden black split and then triple b has the royal blue exclusive yeah. so i i think it's, mm-hmm. it's so sick that um there's these like it's all just special colors it's not just you know uh, there's no just plain black yeah yeah um i think that has maybe like the reason i think why plain black seven inches were more of a thing from before and again it's like we're, we're trying i know like uh, ourselves like streets of hate and days and whatnot days with the morning one that we did um the pain of truth and age of apocalypse one and this one and and etc like we're trying to sort of like reintroduced the concept of a seven inch i think because the reason why they were so popular before is because they were so cheap right Mm -hmm. they were so cheap to make they're not cheap to make anymore it's almost more cost efficient to make a 12 inch um so and it's not it's it's barely more expensive to make a, a a black record compared to a colored one as well so that yeah it's you don't have to make a black seven inch and save your money you know it's almost the same to have a different color so it's trying to make i mean seven inches do have to be more expensive now compared to the way they they were 30 years ago um but that's okay you know the colors are cool you know i'm looking at the pain of truth age of apocalypse one right now because we've got some copies and we made like a reversible alt cover we've added a zine we've added postcards we've added stickers like trying to make them more justifiable for paying you know ten dollars eight dollars nine dollars for a seven inch yeah i i love that because i because uh, i've never been a collector of vinyl um uh, me neither but i i feel like if there was uh you know like i feel like if there was more to it than just the vinyl maybe I, i'd be like more inclined to do it because when i think back um and this is me tying in uh, k-pop to the conversation when i think back to mm-hmm. you know me being um uh like you know a, a k-pop fan for just a year and i look at the amount of albums that are sitting behind me it's like okay i bought it yeah because i love the music but also i i have like this interest in what comes along with it because they they tie in uh like you know there's like a special fragrance card and like i don't even know what the hell i'm smelling but it smells amazing and i'm like on forums like asking people like yo what scent is this because this is what i want to smell like every day and then um, <laughs> obviously like, uh, you know, there's like photo cards of the, the, the members, but then they also have like, there's always like a sticker sheet that's like standard, like, you know, like everybody loves stickers. I, I, I love getting like all these like extra goodies that come along with the album. Uh, and it, I, I feel like, you know, okay, just spending my money on it because I, I know it's, it's just like this awesome package and it's not just, you know, like a, like a piece of plastic. Owen Owen's looking at me right now because he knows this could get derailed because I, I, when I was talking about the ways we should do physical stuff, one of my <laughs> my references was K-pop because oh. they also um, they we can talk about this when we when we don't record the part, so people don't know that we're geeks. Okay. <laughs> like they have such like tactile like album packaging and like again, I'm talking before about how output for music in the '70s was so like the Beatles were a band for like not that long, but they had like a fuck ton of records, and so were like all the bands of that time. It's like K-pop artists just 
make music like there's no tomorrow it's fucked up mm -hmm. and they have all these different like tactile ways of like marketing it and like producing it and i remember because I, I follow a lot of design stuff obviously for my job and there was an article about k-pop albums and the design houses that create them and it's nuts it's literally crazy like that's the level and like our friend courtney um she is like mad into k-pop and she buys a lot of like the actual like books and lps and stuff and it's well not lps but like albums mm -hmm. and it's crazy it's like yeah it's like so much more experiential um but yeah that is why were we talking about k-pop again no the packaging the physical stuff the, the zines that oh, you're sending with yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah yeah exactly that's why i told this i told the spies about my ideas for like packaging tons of stuff in it because i read this article about k-pop um doing it and they were just like shut the fuck up but I had my way. You, you got I, I You got to have your friend Courtney and expose them. Be like, hey, look at I paid you know X <laughs> amount of dollars for this album. Look at everything that I get. Like that. Like, and I, I get that it's probably really expensive to, to do this because obviously these K-pop groups are backed by like these um you know uh, really <laughs> rich entertainment companies. And I'm not sure how expensive it would be for like a hardcore band to do something like that to recreate that. But <laughs> I feel like if somebody tried. <laughs> and like and obviously it's not about money but the fact that they could change this whole entire thing like you know um, you could be onto something because like you know i'm um, getting a zine with a record like I, I reached out to my friend antonio from spine uh they sent out these um exclusive zines um with uh, the, the their last record and i you know messaged them like hey like i don't really buy vinyl but i want to check out the zine because it, it you know it, it was tied to the album right and he's like oh don't worry yeah. like I, I have like a pdf version i'll send it to you so he was nice enough to send that to me yeah, I was like, wow, this is really awesome. It gives me like, you know, just a different perspective on the music. Cause obviously, um, you know, I, I listen to it one way, but then when I'm seeing like these art pieces that are like tied and supposed to represent, uh, you know, certain songs and stuff, I'm like, yeah, this is so cool. Dude. Yeah. Um, and that's, that is why, um, that is why K-pop is keeping the concept of an album alive. Cause they got so much shit in there and you know, you don't just, buy it and then you get the music and then you'd be done with it you know those polaroids of them looking hot and it it's <laughs> k-pop is keeping the spies and all the rest alive I yeah think. um for sure yeah k-pop definitely fuels my brain a lot more than it should and more than i should admit on this podcast no no definitely. Um, I, I okay I, I guess i'll get to it now because um since we're on the subject so we can just talk about it and get it over with but um when we were uh you know when i messaged you to to have you back on the podcast on the lead up to the split um, and you had asked me if I heard the new Twice song. I was just like, "Oh, <laughs> this is this is this is a question that I love, especially getting it, um, you know, from from you." So I'm like, "Oh, this is this is this is amazing," and that that like um, brightened my day to to see that you asking that question. The fact that you knew that there was a new Twice song out. I'm like, "Okay, this is this is awesome." <laughs> yeah, um, that is like they the way K-pop works is so interesting and i think that it is testament to the fact that the way you can make music is so limitless mm -hmm. it is like so limitless you don't have to be like okay so a band will put something on Bandcamp and then they will make an instagram and say big things come it's like you can literally do whatever the fuck you want you can make a postcard and send it to tons of people um that you know or you can you can literally just do whatever um and that's we should all be more confident in that trust the process and like do if we have an idea it's so okay if it doesn't work hmm. um mm -hmm. if only one person had like cared about the the postcard idea i wouldn't be like oh like we're never doing this again i will still be so happy to try ideas whether they work or not 
because that's that's showbiz baby <laughs> yeah and uh, and i i think it is important for for people not to be afraid to to try new things or if they have an idea you know um if you don't like you know succeed at it the first time uh you know try not to get easily discouraged because you know things don't happen overnight you know some people get lucky and they do which is totally fine mm -hmm. but um i feel like if uh you really want something like you can make it happen like uh, you just kind of had to be have to be persistent about it and you know actually have that passion and want to do it because so many things that i've like chased throughout life um that i i thought were weren't uh, attainable and then you know i you know achieve them whatever it's just like holy shit like things work out in so many weird ways and um, mm -hmm. you just kind of just have to you know, just go about your life and just know that um you can make things happen um if you try or if you get lucky but if you do, but but yeah, if you but if you don't make right. an attempt, um, it, it's never going to happen, right? Because uh, you know, um, closed mouths don't get fed. That kind of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's well, if you if you allow yourself that vulnerability to let yourself, like, people do not want to be seen to fail and to not be successful and to mm -hmm. have these attempts. You know, like you know, say we try something and it doesn't work. And it's visible that it doesn't work because maybe people aren't listening to it as much on Spotify or like there are there are metrics like there are metrics for so much stuff now and there are numbers to be put against so much stuff that you cannot really fake. If if people don't give a fuck, you can't really fake it. Yeah, true. you can try. You can buy Instagram followers, but that's but <laughs> you can buy Instagram followers and you can like say stuff like your shit. The feedback's been so crazy, but maybe like one person replied or whatever. Like, <laughs> but yeah. it's it's okay to not have something popping popping or if the idea doesn't work the way you want it to that's so okay because mm -hmm. those processes are like they're essential yeah and it's yeah we have tried stuff maybe that hasn't worked as well maybe there's been a t-shirt that we well we've only done like two t-shirts i guess or like three mm -hmm. um but like you know if, if something doesn't work we can tell and we can figure out why and even if it i don't know i think it's just so fine to not and then when you look back at something so this label for instance northern rest or like the band if you if, or even just looking back at your own skills as a person like if you like you're saying if you went back three four years and you didn't know how the hell a microphone worked or how to talk to people about certain things or like find out what makes people like tech like you forget that four years ago you didn't know how to do that yeah yeah 100 awesome. yeah my mindset on a lot of things have changed over the years and I'm, and I'm happy because just going out and, uh, you know, taking chances on myself or even putting myself in situations that I didn't want to be in, but I thought could maybe, you know, push what, what I want to do forward. Um, you know, I, I yeah. went out and, and did it and I, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not like, or I, I haven't been like a hundred percent successful with like, um, everything that I wanted to do. And, and that's fine. Cause like for me, I always try to find the good and like the bad shit that, that, that happens in my yeah. life and try to, you know, take from that and then, um, you know, find ways to, to grow from it. And then, so like next time I'm in a situation, I'm like, you know, better equipped to, to handle things or be prepared to, to you know, have success. And another thing as well, once when, when you're making yourself more vulnerable and putting yourself out there, you realize that the people's you start to channel out the random like snide comments or the bullshit or like the people who are passing their own judgments you've got that out unless they're and they're doing the same shit with you 
I'm not going to value somebody's opinion if they are, like, say, someone like really just doesn't fuck with like the spies or like, whatever as I'm doing, but they don't have their own thing. They just sit there and like observe. It's like I, I don't really pay that any mind mm-hmm. compared to someone. Like, if someone else is making music and putting themselves out there, I will listen to them more than I'll listen to somebody that mm. just doesn't put themselves out there. Yeah, because honestly, most of the fucking haters are just at home, you know, Cheeto fingers, not doing shit, just kind of, you know, yeah, spectating. I mean, it's a stereotype for a reason. It's yeah. a stereotype for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, because, um, you know, uh, I I haven't, um, you know, ran into a lot of hate. Like, I, I have uh, recently because I went to that show in L.A., but that's fine. Um, but it's, You went to that? I, I, that's so cool. I, I did. I was there. Um, I'm so jealous. I, I, I said it when I talked to Grady from Anxious and One Step Closer. I, I, I told him, I'm like, yo, if a show happens now, like I'm, I'm at the point where I, I would go and I uh, reached out to some friends uh, when that show got announced. I'm like, yo, like uh, you guys thinking about going and uh, people called me, <laughs> people called me crazy um, and were shocked that I was actually going to go. And I was just like, all right, I, I totally respect your stance. Um, if you don't want to go, that's fine. And I, I just went solo and it was a wild night. I'm sure you guys saw the videos. Oh, Shit was crazy. Mm, yeah. yeah. That is one of like the most, that is one of the most memorable things in hardcore to happen in our lifetimes. I think, I think this is going to be one of them ones where like kids will share pictures of it and like 30 years time being like, Oh my God, mm. you see that? And it's like, yeah, that is the coolest thing. It's like that video or like, the photos of like section hay playing. And it's like, just flares and like helicopters <laughs> what the fuck is that it's so crazy yeah because I, I feel like now we're at this turning point right the Madball show happened there was like a ton of hate there and then like a, a couple weeks later the la show happened uh not so much hate there and then now out here in the states we're at the point where we're seeing um uh, way better numbers when it comes to covid uh, mask mandates getting lifted and now we're seeing yeah. tours getting announced, shows getting announced, um, you know, left and right. So it's just like yeah. I feel like we're now past that point where people um, the, yeah. like the weird stigma to, you know, wanting to go to a show where shows happening. And I get that there's going to be still a lot of people that aren't comfortable with going, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. But um, like the floodgates are open. Shows are happening. Right. Because I, now I'm, I'm hearing like, yeah, this is actually confirmed. We were on the fence about this tour, but no, it's actually happening. You know, we're going here and here yeah. in uh, November, whatever. But it's just like it, it, it's crazy that we're at this point now because I've been dreaming of so long of like, OK, when are we going to be back at the point where shows are happening? Yeah. Yeah. And the the Madball show is. Is I think if that happened, you know, two weeks after the L.A. show, it, it would it would nowhere near receive nowhere near as much like backlash. I think someone just had to fall on the sword first yeah the first the first one was always gonna be an absolute fucking like online witch hunt it was always gonna happen like regardless of what it was it was always gonna um attract attention i think in that way um and after that the amount of negative response i think will just gradually decline because it becomes normalized the mad ball show what so all the others could run straight up <laughs> yeah and, straight up yeah and i i, I just um and sometimes I, I like i wonder but um we'll, we'll never know at this point like what if the you know the mad ball show happened a few weeks later like uh you know like what what would have been like in that park 
uh, would yeah. there have been less negativity? Would there have been like more praise? Because it would have been crazy. Because you know, if the because the the LA show got so much love, right? Very little hate because it looked it looked like something of a movie as well. Yeah. Like that was a very visually stimulating yeah. kind of like setup. But Bond raised as like such a cool brand. And, mm-hmm. like, yeah, oh. there there was a lot of people. Like, like my mind was blown because like I thought I was showing up late, right? Because there was a UFC event <laughs> that night, so I watched the UFC and I was like, yeah, like I'm gonna go after the UFC because I don't know everybody on the bill, and I know it's like it was a mixed bill, right? So I'm, uh, I, and there were some people that I just weren't interested in seeing. So I was like, all right, let me just watch the UFC. I'll stroll in afterwards. Um, I know I'm gonna <laughs> be late, but when I showed up the designated parking area was completely full, right? There was still a ton of people in the parking lot trying to park. So I'm like, all right, I got to avoid this. Let me go find some neighborhood oh. to park. And so I literally park like a mile away and just like walk to the show. <laughs> That's my- and like, as I was walking to the show, like I could obviously spot everybody that was going. Cause we all kind of looked alike, right? Just the way we were dressed. Mm-hmm. And it was just, yeah, it was just like I I knew there was gonna be a lot of people there, but not that many people and people just like watching <laughs> from like the, the overpass on multiple freeways. It was it, oh, it was nuts, man. That's so cool. man. It was so uh, yeah, like that. It was like a movie moment. That's just so mad. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. But uh, at this point, is there um, any rumblings about shows happening in your area that you guys know about? There's one in London with andy who sings and despise his band is playing um which is three days and i think that's at the end of july or august okay yeah and end of august is it not i think it's end of july is it yeah hmm. um that's one there's one in london big cheese is doing one in london um and we we will definitely do one once it's chill yeah. um and i think we'll just do it to just see how it goes we'll do just like revulsion and like the bands that we know will pull people so like revolve sean who plays bass has all the band mm-hmm. he sings in that um like we'll do those because they always pull and we'll kind of see how it goes then we'll do one like maybe the next day and just see how it goes um because i don't want to like ask these bands to play that come from like london or wherever else and have it actually not happen or like yeah. you know it's not we'll say that we're gonna do a show and then it's not gonna happen and it's like a big blue ball moment and it's like nah <laughs> it's inconsequential if it's like us doing it because if it cancels you know we're not traveling anywhere for it and it's easy for us to cancel a venue or book a venue because you know we can do that with our eyes closed at this point um there's less on the line if it's like our band's doing it i think mm. yeah and you guys can kind of just ease into it and yeah yeah check the temperature no yeah i i, I totally um, like that um yeah because out here right now like as of um, now um like uh there's a show up north that got announced it was a uh, gulch drain tsunami zabala yeah, so and scowl so that was cool and then uh, more recently uh dead heat announced dead their heat. their record release show which i'm so stoked on because the fight and regulate from new york are coming out and th- those bands yeah. those bands kill how does that work? Do they all have to be like outdoor shows then? Uh, yeah. So the Dead Heat show is um outdoors on a patio. Uh, the um, Gulch show is a uh, 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 to be determined or to be announced. Um, for yeah. the the um venue of the show. Um, but um, I'm not because uh, like I'm pretty sure um in California, uh, somebody out there correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, they're allowed to have indoor stuff. 
but I'm at mm. capacity, so not not like full capacity, but I'm uh, I, I forget the mm. the percentage, but I'm pretty sure. I think we'll reimagine how shows happen as well. I think having them in more unique spaces, so instead of dedicated venues, I think you'll see where it's more financially feasible because you know. Here in Glasgow, it's a bit more, you know, some of our good venues are, you know, 200 quid, which is maybe $240 to hire for the night, which is, if it's a a band that's not going to bring like fucking 200 people, you know, it's not always that feasible. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there will be reimaginings of how hardcore shows do run. So it will be outside, you know, under a bridge. It's more DIY, more in the spirit of yeah. like HC, I guess, would be quite yeah. cool. I think there will be more, you know, in shops or in bars that don't usually have shows. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. In spaces, rehearsal rooms, you know, in mm-hmm. a patio. <laughs> um, we don't have LA weather for stuff like that, but I think we'll definitely have... It's just going to be a lot less like routine as to like what shows were like before this happened. It's going to be... A lot more interesting, I think. Yeah, I gotta pee again. Hold up. I gotta pee again. I need to pee too. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, the Brody, the Brody guys have small bladders. Uh, it, it, I, I, I totally get it. It's, uh, you know, uh, well, if you guys have been drinking a lot before the podcast, uh, you know, they definitely end fast. <laughs> but you know, I, I had this idea, and I, I'm, I'm not sure if I, uh, if I've talked about it publicly because it, it, it was an, an idea that I was, uh, you know wanting to do but uh mm. because of the pandemic i just scrapped it in total so i uh hit the the milestone of episode 200 uh a, a while back and mm. i i wanted to do something different because obviously uh with episode 100 i i did a, a, a like a walk and talk interview with uh, jeremy from fury in disneyland and oh, then sweet. the for 200 i was like okay like let me do another video interview but let me like try to tie something special to it. So I was like, all right, like I want to like do just like a local, like, you know, and I say local, but like uh, just like a show with bands from like Southern California. So I like found this, like yeah. sick, I found this sick venue and there was like, uh, like, you know, a lot of public parking. So I'm, you know, cause that's always like an issue. And my idea was like, okay, cool. Like, let me just do, you know, um, uh, you know, in celebration of episode 200, like, let me have on some, some bands that I respect and that I think would be down. And I, 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 in my mind, I'm like, I want to make $0 from this. I just want to break even. I want to, you know, be able to pay the, the the venue fee, um, and then, um, pay whoever's, um, you know, helping um, me with the event and then pay out, pay out the bands and just, yeah. Cause like I wasn't doing it to make profit. I just wanted to do it just to tie something special to that episode. And I was so bummed that I, I couldn't make it happen. Right. Cause I'm um, obviously yeah. that stuff wasn't possible. Uh, and today I was like, you know, I'm driving home from work and I, I saw this and I, I've seen this building for like the, the, the past couple of days. And I was like, man, I want to try to do a show there. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm obviously not this year. Cause I feel like, um, the climate's still a little weird, but I'm um, in the future. I'm already like, uh, it's going to happen. We're, we're going to yeah. do a show, but I'm not sure if it's going to be for a milestone or maybe just like a one-off, like, Hey, like, let's try this. Um, yeah. cause I, I've, and I, and I've talked about this probably I've failed booking shows. Uh, like I, I've tried to book two shows in, in my life. The first show venue pulled out. Right. So, so that was whack. And then uh, more recently, um, I, and this one I felt was like more embarrassing, right? Like I had talked to this band that, that I wanted, um, to, to, to headline the show, right. Um, you know, a local band from the area. I, I felt like it would be like a really cool thing. 
um, uh, you know, a uh, certain member from the band swore up and down like, yeah, like, like we're totally down. And I was a little skeptical because I'm like, OK, like, like, do we have to run it by your management or your label? Because um, I'm not sure like how it works for you guys because, you know, different situation. And then um, he was like, no, like, don't worry, like, like, it's totally fine. Um, like, 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 and I was like, how much do you want to get paid? Cause obviously, you know, like they're like a bigger band. So like we, we came to an agreement on a number. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll make sure you guys get paid this much money. Right. And then, um, there was gonna be two openers and I, I had secured everything, right. Uh, the venue was down and I even had some help from some pretty important people out here. And when I um, came back to the, you know, the, the, the headliners, I'm like, all right, here is everything like we have to pick a date because they had a very small window before they were going to Japan. And I was like, all right, you told me that this is the window. Like we need to come to a date now because the venue wants to lock it down and I need to, you know, start getting things together. And those motherfuckers, um, once I had everything locked down, they pulled out and then I had to go tell the other two bands like, Hey, sorry, you know, they pulled out and then I had to go reach out to the venue. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like I, I, I can't do this anymore. And I was so, I was so frustrated. I'm like, okay, that this is what I get. I feel like I'm cursed when I'm trying to put these shows together. So oh, we go ahead. We always have stuff like that happen. We always pencil stuff in and have to cancel it. And at first I used to get so anxious because I was like, oh my God, I got to tell someone it's not happening or like, no, I'm just like, it's just part and parcel. I think like mm. we'll book shows or have something ready to announce and it won't happen. Mm. And we won't know why it won't happen or, and then you know, the lineup we've pieced together and all that, they just go, you know, and it's, that's okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm not so like locked up about it anymore. Sean will kill me for this, but he once booked a show and on the day showed up to the venue and he hadn't actually booked it. <laughs> <laughs> Did he? What? Yeah. And oh, it, the show God. still happened, but like miraculously it still happened. It was just lucky that there was someone there at the venue. Evacuate the building, everyone. There's a yeah, like, show going on. He literally day. forgot to book the venue. <laughs> That's so um, funny. And I hope he doesn't. He's going to listen to this. Yeah, I hope he doesn't get upset with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the show still happened, sure. but like mm-hmm. there are some real, real fuck ups that we, we make. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I feel like. Um, even though my confidence in trying to book a show was shot, I'm like, all right, I, I think I'm ready to do attempt number three. Oh man, do like attempt, even if it doesn't happen by attempt 12, that's still a okay. Like definitely so chill. Um, and especially, yeah, especially with bigger lines is so hard. Um, cause there are so many different bits and different components that you've got to try and work with. And yeah, man, if it's, if it goes wrong, third time lucky as long as no one shows up um expecting like 800 bucks or whatever and uh there's no show then there's no such thing as a bad one <laughs> like <laughs> there's no such thing as a bad attempt yeah for sure i i appreciate those words and yeah i'm w- when things are w- w- when it makes more sense right because obviously um things yeah. are things are um, happening there are shows you can buy tickets for shows for venues out here but yeah. um i i just want it to be at a point where um it's not feeling brand new again yeah 100 percent. and those people that have done this for years beforehand and i am so okay with letting people do what they're good at first and mm-hmm. get their hands dirty doing it and then you know when the smoke clears a little bit then i'll happily try my hand at it 
But I think um, it's in terms of active, you know, my friend Johnny, he does put on a lot of shows as well, but he does that on a, on a full-time basis. And he tends to do ones that are more, you know, they're like 500 cap venue kind of shows or whatever. So when it comes to like more smaller HC stuff, it's, it is me, Sean and Andy that, that do the, do the hall in, in Glasgow really. Um, so I think we kind of feel like it's our responsibility to try and get the ball rolling. Cause yeah, you know, it's maybe we'll have like people and, and the emails that like will be on, um, contact lists that maybe other people that put on shows aren't on yet or whatnot. So yeah, it is kind of up to us to try and do it, but I'll, I'll definitely try and get like other, other kids that have tried to do shows or like, I'll say to them like you should, you should book this with us or you should like just kind of like involve them. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to kind of, uh, uh, you know, kind of cover all aspects of, uh, you know, hardcore, um, when it comes to like the different levels of bands, uh, you know, because obviously if there's um, uh, the the one dude booking all the bigger bands, but you know, showing no love to the bands on the come up, uh, you know, it, it, there's gonna be like a weird imbalance, and you know, the bands are gonna have like you know, those, those upcoming bands are, aren't really gonna have any shows to play. So the fact that um, you know, you mentioned you and your friends are kind of taking care of um, those bands on the come up, I, I think that's really important as well. Yeah, I mean, like Jody will do big ass bands and i don't really think he would he cares if we're trying to book like 200 cat like shows or whatever as such um and yeah definitely it's like at all levels it should be like you know if there is someone doing a show that's 800 cap you should there's definitely room um there's definitely room for a 200 cap and there's definitely room for you know even smaller shows than that you know it has mm -hmm. to be chucked in on all levels like you, you good over there oh yeah i was yawning <laughs> <laughs> okay um yeah i know I, I i totally agree so um yeah just making sure um you, you know i um, mean sometimes um like you know you never really know who's gonna blow up or um who's gonna be uh you know successful or whatever so it's cool that uh you know all those bases are being covered out there yeah, definitely. Um, and the stuff, yeah, sometimes it's the stuff you least expect um, to get back, will get back, or it's like they have to do their time being shitty and to make the mistakes in order to get better. And it's like, that's why it's so important to have like all those bases covered. You know, if if you just sit there and like glory hunt and you only want to do like bagel stuff, you're gonna mess out on this like. You know, kids aren't stupid. They'll find a way to rehearse and get better and do their own shows. Yeah. And then they will be huge. They'll be drawing their own crowds. And it will be because, you know, they were refused from people, like from other people to be able to, to do that. Do yeah. you know I mean, they had to make their own. They have to work twice as hard to get to a level where people are going crazy over them. And they will be so less inclined to walk with you or to do stuff with you and uh, yeah it's like completely like it will create a big kind of crack in the middle i think as long as there's like even if it's like, you don't have to like suck each other's dicks all the time or whatever mm -hmm. but just like if you need help it's there for you and if you know you don't you always make sure there's there's um opportunity for collaboration and then if if someone if someone gets gets big and benefit that you all benefit that's the thing you know 
someone's success doesn't necessarily mean that someone else isn't going to have success and you know they're not mutually exclusive so if a band of kids that are shitty blows like shitty their instruments you know blows up and they'll bring in like tons of people yeah um, it's gonna help you like giving like kids like the platform to like literally like have fun as well like and just you know there's definitely an age limit though like if you're like old as hell and your music's fucking bad like (laughs) yeah stop stop having fun stop stop having fun just go maybe try something else no yeah i i I totally get that yeah i I just feel that there's just has to be like some at least some just like you know like level of like just like mutual respect when it comes to like you know the the um, two people working together because um obviously yeah if you're i'm um, uh you know just giving somebody a chance could be the biggest difference in the world right yeah yeah like when i um you know like i think i said in the last part like me and owen grew up in, in france and like i made some fucking bad music on my computer but you know the, there was people there that were older than me that were like oh you should try and play this show or like this may interest your band or like mm. And they know that music sucked, but they were just like being nice and like, so yeah. you're nurturing it. Yeah, you just you nurture it. Yeah, and they saw they probably saw your love for it, and you know, just were like, hey, like yeah. let's put him on this and see where it goes because it could, you know, there's only one or two ways. It's either gonna go good or bad, right? And look exactly. at you now. Look at you guys now, right? You guys are uh, worldwide <laughs> having fun. Despise worldwide. <laughs> Despise worldwide. <laughs> Um, DJ Khaled. So you briefly mentioned that uh, uh, Despise has uh, you know some uh, you know songs in the bank. Uh, are we going to see a second release this year? Because uh, you know last year we were blessed with uh, you know two releases: one at the beginning of the year, one towards the end of the year. And here we are, um, you know, kind of halfway through the year, we're getting the split. Um, and I, I don't want you guys to speak if it's uh, too early, but um, is there a chance that LP makes a debut at, by the end of the year, or is this like you know already set for twenty twenty two? I had this idea that we should record it and then break up and then never put it out, <laughs> but no one wants to do that. Oh, I hate it. I hate um, it so much. It's bad. the worst idea. That's, yeah, don't, um, please don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> I think we I think we, was, we were kind of like thinking about having this idea where. We like have a show announced or something, and then maybe we like release some music the before day of the, the show. Yeah, the day yeah. of the show, and then like people get to hear the show first, like the day it releases. I think that's a cool idea to do. It'd be quite hard to curate, maybe, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think that we we're more like Jeb is so good at drums, and yeah. we can have we're like at a point where you know we can practice a song. I think we're gonna just try and yeah, like get more tracks cut. In the sense that we can practice them a couple times and we'll just record them. Yeah. And because maybe 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 you'll see D sides. Who knows? Yeah. Oh. Despise D sides this year. Who knows? Despise LP this year. Yeah. We'll literally we'll do it all. if we can do it all in a really concentrated space of time, then we're doing it. Yeah. Because I'm moving back up to Glasgow in September, so I've been in London for the past like two years, just like working mm-hmm. and stuff. So like when I come back, it's it's it's, dis- it's despise season, baby. It's despise season. Yeah, we're gonna we have like literally we were looking the other day. We have like ten songs or something. That's yeah. a lot. Um, but um, we'll probably write another like five or six. Well, no, nah, no, not five or six. We'll probably write a few while I'm up. <laughs> yeah, we'll write okay. a couple of songs. Like we do stuff like we do fun things. Like we'll try and write a song in two hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and we did that one time, and it was like. It was our drummer's, like, Jeff's, it's his favorite song. <laughs> yeah, and, like, we did it, 
me and Jeff did it once one night just wrote yeah. a song on a couple just like trying to explore a different idea you know so you, you hear something yeah. from a song you know the hook or like the the yeah. sort of motif of the song is something that you want to try for yourself and then you start kind of it's like kind of adapting the same the same mentality when we're like doing creative shit like when Ben like he's doing graphic design stuff with me when I'm doing architecture shit like getting all the ideas out there and like just looking at them as fast as you can and not getting into like the nitty-gritty detail because that's like it's such a further stage yeah that's like, just being able to like visualize what the song is yeah like that kind of um obsessing over sections is for like k-pop you <laughs> we can if it's like a fast easily produced hardcore band you can cut songs in an afternoon and it's a okay yeah. yeah you know some bands benefit from having massive production or whatever but and maybe I, maybe the idea maybe the idea is not really translating like so well like when you're recording the demo or whatever but you do know that once you do start getting into that detail of the song that it is actually going to be the the hit or whatever yeah and vice versa you can have a song that sounds so good because of how tight the production is when you're making your demo but when it comes to actually performing it as a band it doesn't sound right yeah. like there's a thing with like 3d where you try and like when you're like trying to model it you try and do as much as possible with as few vertices as possible so like the topology of it is very simple you're trying to do the exact same like you're trying to model it as as good as possible with as few different com components as possible and it's like yeah. that with music we're so guilty sometimes especially me of trying to put as much fucking stuff in like all cylinders from all angles just going crazy and it's like yeah song needs to breathe a little bit how can i do this how can i make the song have the same effect but with fewer bits yeah, 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 do you yeah i mean yeah, so yeah. we're trying to we're trying to do more simple not more simple but like we're trying to like not overdo it and yeah. i think that's where being in a practice room helps because you can go crazy on a computer and I can just yeah. keep adding bits and bobs and making it more complicated. But when you play it in a room, you got the feeling. You got the feeling, and all those little bits that you're trying to throw in just aren't necessary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I totally get what what you guys are saying. You're trying to do more with less. Essentially, yeah, yeah. you're getting you're getting the idea mm -hmm. down is like in its rawest form, basically. Like, yeah, it's yeah. really important. And that's. And you, you're lucky that in this genre, you don't have to, you know, you can do, you can get 8% of it down and that 20%, you don't have to just sit there and, and prune it that hard. You can, you can enjoy and you can let it just be a burst of intensity. And that's why a two hour song or whatever is so like writing a song in two hours, not writing a song that's two hours long. Um, it's so fun because, you know, you actually will get, a finished cohesive tune yeah and you're like working with deadlines like working with like you can like spend so long in a song and if you don't give yourself a deadline you're like you're not gonna do it you're not gonna push yourself oh we'll literally roll a dice and see what like we'll do songs that's you know we'll randomize what the next section is gonna be or we'll be like okay so this next section is either gonna be a mosh part a breakdown or like do you know what i mean or a breakbeat or whatever and we just flip a coin and then it's that and then that way is fun. Do you know what I mean? We're not a song isn't like a Michelangelo painting. It's mm -hmm. just like a fun like check and scratch on a bit of a, a bit of paper. You know, yeah. yeah, I, I like that. You guys are taking these different um, approaches and having these like experiments when it comes to writing these songs. Yeah, and if and if it sucks, it sucks, and 
you know, but most of the time it's it's fun to just listen to. Um, I think a couple of songs we're going to use on the LP have been that, um, that like one two hour fast writing, and then you know we'll maybe just we'll rehearse it a couple of times and tease bits out. But mm-hmm. I think that's that's the the side of it of making music that's that's newer to me compared to a band like Solitude, where it was five songs. I think it was five. Yeah, five songs on an EP that I didn't write other songs. I only wrote those five until they were like perfect. Whereas this, you know, we're in like 20. And if we wanted to, we could go into a, a, a room and and cut another demo or another thing there and then. But we're just going to try and put the time investment less into just making five like total like Mona Lisa like attempts and just put all effort into like all places. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I like what you guys are doing over there because, you know, demo one, demo two, the split, um, you know, it's, it's all great stuff. Um, but s- yeah, we'll send you the split when we, when we're done. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. that. Um, uh, last thing, uh, you guys, uh, and we briefly mentioned it earlier. Um, you despise made it onto the one scene unity comp, which I'm, uh, you know, such a fan of. I love Carter, love From Within Records. Um, I'm curious, um, what that um, whole process was like for you guys, and to you know to have it come out, and you guys have copies, and for it to you know just get so much love. That's like you're saying about sometimes stuff blows up and you don't expect it. I don't think Carter expected it to go yeah. as crazy as it did. Um. And uh, yeah, it was like it was just a nice surprise, and I think that was a compilation that benefited a lot graphically from having each band. Each band had so much pride in it that they wanted to make their own sort of like promo for it. You know, when it would go in people's zines or they would post it online. So you know, we made our own promo for it. Both Morning and Despise did like our own little promo um, flyers and stuff like that, and just that sort of. It was really cool because every band had their own difference of the graphical quality and you know it meant that the comp was such a huge healthy mix of like different sounds and you know some tracks are just like unbelievable like so so good like the envision track is crazy shackled yeah it's a great track too the seed track's crazy um and also that morning song marauder actually put that song out now which is cool as well because um, it was an unreleased Marauder song at the time, and mm-hmm. I think maybe one or two months ago, um, they actually put it out. The process the... of of writing of of recording that was also quite interesting. Yeah, it's it's exactly what we're talking about, and it? it's like we recorded drums to an idea, and then full lockdown happens. Owen's in London, Jeff somewhere else, yeah, I'm yeah, somewhere yeah. else. It was whilst we recorded demo one, we were like, oh, you know, we've got this idea there, and let's record. Let's just record demo one, and then we'll see how we get on. Do we have enough time to like, you know, do the guitars as well, blah, 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 blah. And then we did the drums. They were like, oh, fuck it, we don't have the time to do the guitars. But we had these drums and then demo one came out and then we took the time to call up the guitars and stuff. And it's it is a, it's an intro and it's an instrumental, but it's a couple of vocals. Like the vocals are done like on a on iPhone and then I run them through like some of my effects yeah. over here. The guitars are done like somewhere else. And it's just like 
Just getting the ideas out, like just get them in there. Yeah, them so that was there. that was like stream of consciousness and the shit because the drums are like Jev hates that <laughs> yeah. because he's like, oh, it's my best drumming because he didn't expect it to be on a compilation. He just was, yeah. but you know, no, it meant we had it to hand and we got to contribute something we're like so proud to be a part of. Like, yeah, especially because it was such we were like we'd been a band for like a week yeah. <laughs> and we asked him if we could be on the comp. Um, and we were allowed to, and it meant that we put a lot of, again, all those ideas, you know, we recorded those drums um, without knowing what they were going to be for. It's cool because then these things take a different sort of path yeah. because they're there and available. So, you know, if we had, you know, we, I really want to, while Owen's up, I want to record some songs, some ideas. Um, and just, again, just checking scratching. It's not like actual, like, perfect takes in a, yeah, yeah, a totally. high-end studio and just have them to hand and you know if anything ever crops up we've got them you know yeah yeah that's awesome i'm soaked to that uh you know they were down to have you on the comp um and it yeah. just kind of shows that uh, you know uh, it is and even if you look at the the list of bands for the second comp there's there's like a new band on there that hasn't even put anything out so it's yeah, just Cal like, Island's band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's just like it's just such an awesome thing. So um, you know, uh, from within a uh, supporter of the podcast, I talk about I've talked about from within on so many episodes because I <laughs> I love yeah. uh, I, I I love what Carter's doing. I just love the vision. I, I love just all the bands they work with. Just it's such a cool thing, and I'm just happy to be a part of it. So um the fact that you know you guys weren't even a band for that long asked to be on the comp and they were so down it, it it's awesome yeah. and it, it just shows that there's just like so much love uh uh you know from that camp and it's just it's awesome it makes me yeah. happy he yeah he he has such a different approach to a lot of people i think and that he has such an a tremendous output mm-hmm. yeah. and it's like you know he all he's very busy you know because he's like wiped up he's got a house that he bought he's got school mm-hmm. and he's got a job but he still manages through so much stuff yeah, <laughs> it's crazy man. um i think that's really that's really cool and i like that i just like the fact that it's not like a very precious hoarding of each release it's just it's this hardcore it's cool. yeah um and i think like we'll always do stuff with carl like i want him to do the lp and shit yeah and get some other bands from Glasgow and there too. Yeah. See if he likes it. Oh yeah. Definitely. Well that's that's fucking awesome. Uh dude, it, it's been such a pleasure to have both of you on this podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. No, dude, it was my pleasure because um obviously Ben, I was so um, you know, just I, I walked away from our last podcast just so just like happy. I'm like, wow, that that was such an awesome yeah, podcast. I was buzzing. Same yeah, here. I was so buzzing. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was definitely looking forward to 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 having you back on. You, um, you brought Owen yeah. this time, which was sick. So th- this has been like such an awesome conversation for me. But before we sign yeah. off, is there anything else you guys would like to say? L- lesson to despise and listen to mourning and listen to declination uh have a good time um listen to despise listen to mourning and declination <laughs> and then keep an eye out for the next two the two bands that are going to come out of glasgow that one. we got to be a five of. glasgow band i'm not in any of them this time which is really good hell yeah, yeah. um because i I tend to be too overbearing. So I'm not in any of these new bands, which is so yeah. awesome. Um, Start, yeah, starting a, a new, me, I'm starting a new band with um, Johnny, 
who we mentioned earlier and Sean, so we're gonna have quite a lot of output. So listen to those bands. And and express yourself and it's okay to get laughed at. Yeah. Big time. Hell yeah. <laughs> well seriously, thank you guys again. This has been so awesome. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much, yeah, bro. Thanks, man. Thank you everybody for tuning in. This has seriously been such a pleasure for me. And uh tune in uh go support the split i'm um, head over to from within records northern unrest go support gridiron support despise two awesome bands worldwide yes, brotherhood sir. and we'll be back soon thank you <laughs>